Welcome to the Interop. My guest today is Jonathan Karras. He is the founder of Levana. It's a platform for fully collateralized perpetual swaps. So today's podcast, we're going to talk about perpetual swaps, understanding what they are and why they're so unique to crypto. We'll also talk about Levana's features and specifically one that I'm interested in, which is insolvency protection. And we'll also talk more broadly about Cosmos DeFi and where Levana sits in that ecosystem. I'm also dying to find out why he thinks the app chain thesis is dead. Yeah, just start. make sure to hit the like button, hit the notification bell, and subscribe to get notified when I go live every week. And remember that none of what we discuss here on the interop is investment advice. And if you enjoy this content, please consider staking with us. We're validating on Evmos, Quicksilver, Juno, Nolus, and Osmosis. Just, just look for interop in the app. My guest. Jonathan is coming up next, right here. On hey, Jonathan. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Jonathan Karras. Uh, I am head of communications at Levana, um, and I'm excited to, to be here. And Sebastian, I think, what are we? We've known each other for like three years now. I don't even remember. Yeah, you know. Where yeah, we've we've interacted quite a few times. I think I probably met you at like DabCon or something. I feel like that's where we met in Berlin, and yeah. Uh, just yeah. We've, we've interacted a couple of times, but I actually don't know a whole lot about your background. I know you worked at Starkware for a while. Uh, I know you did a lot of stuff in Ethereum. So yeah, curious to maybe dive a little bit deeper uh, into how you uh, became head of comms at uh, Lavana. Sure. So, well, I mean, I um, my background is in computer engineering. I'm, I'm from DC originally. Uh, I've been living in the Middle East for about 22 years. And I, um, I, I built a communications company out here, which got 26 million subscribers um, that I sold in 2015. And then in 2018, I, um, I built a company that we, and we exited to Snapchat. It was called Screenshop. It used computer vision to turn your feed into a shopping cart. And through, I mean, you know, what now would be called AI, but that wasn't the term then. It was machine learning. And, uh, and then uh, I, you know, I started getting into Bitcoin in 2016, um, right as the run from like, you know, the 900s up to like 2400s, um, 2400. And uh, in, uh, you know, after the uh, blow off top of 2017, I put together a crypto hedge fund. Uh, called Lion's Chain Capital, and uh, we did a lot of early stage investments, um, got to travel all over the world, uh, meet great guys like you, and we, you know, we uh, just started talking to founders, and, you know, my previous experience as being a builder in mostly mobile, but, you know, in communications and social networking and other things like that, uh, were showed that there was a lot of, of skills that came from Web2 that were lacking in the, in the web three world. And so I've always been curious and really fascinated by, by teams that try and focus on, um, you know, sensible business models or economic designs, 
um, building things that are designed for a mass audience, uh, building things that are are fun and not necessarily just finance. And 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 that's kind of where I've been, you know, focused. I I led business development for almost two years at Starkware, like you mentioned. Uh, I got to to speak to about 340 different DAP development teams and companies and you know wallets and everything. We uh, we closed DYDX and uh, and uh, Argent, so rare, Gods Unchained, un, uh, Immutable, um, the Diversify, you know, and a, a bunch of other cool projects um, while I was there in in the DeFi and NFT space, and um, and I joined uh, uh, Delphi Labs when they kicked off in 2019 to make an incubator for a number of different projects on Terra. And uh, so I, uh, that, that was the origin story of Levana. And Levana is a perpetual swap uh, currently deployed um, in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, we have had over um, eight, we, we launched it about 57 days ago, and we've had about $82 million of trading volume. So it's where it, we're 400 days into the bear market as a, as a community. So to, to launch um, and to see those numbers uh, shows that what we have built, which is a very unique perps product, um, has, has really attracted the attention of the, of the Cosmos community and beyond. Cool. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't realize that you, you had done something that you've been uh, around for so long. Um, you, you, were, you were telling me that uh, you were saying that you know, it, your interest was in, in products that uh, are, are built for users. Uh, wh what do you think are the best uh, attempts or, or successes in crypto to, to build products that users uh, will actually want to use and that aren't just finance? Well, I think stable coins are, are the killer use case just in general. You know, it's the it's borderless payments is a massive, massive industry. Um, and it's a huge headache being an ex patriot. You know, I, I left Amer America over 20 years ago. Um, I've always kind of been either unbanked or, or half banked within America and just being, uh, you know, having been a traveler, um, you know, having spent time in, in Europe and, and Asia, it's, um, it's really non-trivial to, to move money. And, you see um, a lot of people that, you know, double digit percentage of their weekly income is just spent, you know, by money changers and, and transmitters. So that's, that's an obvious huge use case. Um, you know, b besides for just uh, bill pay and, and money transfer, I'm very bullish on, uh, on self-sovereign uh, interoperable um, uh you know, we use the term non-fungible. It's really an awful term because it doesn't mean anything to anybody outside of the industry. You know, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it just goes to show like how far we have to grow. But I think that um, if looking at both So Rare and Gods Unchained, which are, are both projects that uh, I got to work very closely with, you can see that they took an itch that existed outside of the crypto space, whether it was, you know, fantasy football uh, or whether it was things like Magic the Gathering or, or you know, those types, uh, even Pokemon. And then, uh, and then really going to a, a zero to one with the self-sovereignty aspect uh, and allowing for 
third parties to be able to build interoperable software on top of it um, is, is really impressive. And, and it comes down to what I think is the core um, innovation in the space, which is uh, kind of a, a merger of, um, of two transitions that we have seen over the last probably 50 years um, of software development, which is the, the migration of software as a product to software as a service. Like we don't buy Photoshop anymore. When I was a kid, we bought Photoshop. You know, we had Photoshop 7. We bought. No, we cracked Photoshop when we were kids. Okay, yeah, that's you want to say Stop that. Lying. Coding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, anyways, it was a, it was a product. There was no monthly. I mean, who was going to pay 600 bucks like in like 1998? Come on. Um, but uh, I don't actually at 14. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And you're like, you're like a kid, you know, Um but anyways, uh, yeah, those are the LimeWire days. Um, so we, so there's this migration of software being a product to software being a service, which means that I'm expected to pay either the more that I use or on a monthly basis. Uh, and then there's also another uh, phenomena, which is that open source creates infectious standards that then allow for interoperable um, uh you know, Legos, you know, we built the, the video call that we're on today, the codex that's compressing our video and our audio were not made by what is the streamyard.com. No, there were just, these are industry standards that anybody can build a company on top of my, my previous video streaming company was based on slight permutations to HTTP live streaming. And so it's this, the fact that we've got, um, a, uh, you know, a, a, homogenization of technologies through uh, primarily through open source uh, is what makes, you know, the operating systems to the computers that we're running, um, you know, uh, feasible, uh, which allows for, you know, software developers to be able to make a fart app and then make a million dollars off of that. Um, and there's, there's always kind of been this problem within the, these two worlds colliding of software as a service that you pay for on a, on a per use basis. And, uh, open source, which doesn't really have a, a good business model, but has a good um, virality model, and blockchain is really the, um, the 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 meeting of these two behemoths, where we can have defensibility through um, you know sovereign ownership of digital assets through tokenization. Uh, we can have distributed governance and, and, and co-ops. We can do it all open sourced and we can collect revenue uh, that's that's defensible and can compensate the the actual uh, movers and shakers behind uh, the protocols themselves. So th this as a as a, just a general economic model applied to the entertainment industry is incredibly interesting because it allows for, you know, I mean, you know, the. Uh, we, we joke uh, saying like the Uber of X, you know, the Uber of dog washers, the Uber of whatever. But but really there's, um, you, you know, you can make the Uber of GPU, the Uber of storage, the Uber of Netflix, the Uber of whatever. And um, and and uh, blockchain and, you know, open source uh, interoperable tokenization, um, you know, methodologies uh, enable a really a really compelling and optimistic future which i think is the the in the complete opposite direction of 
a lot of the um, futurisms that that we have today, you know, with like central bank digital currency and, you know, the, the government being able to tell you, you know, how many beers you're allowed to drink with your salary and, you know, things like that. Yeah, this is really, really fascinating. And I think something here to touch on is this idea of like a, a blockchain as a business. It, it, it's sort of, you know, you could think of blockchains as a way to uh, extend, um, extend the ownership of a business to a collective, right? To, to a collective people uh, that don't necessarily know each other, right? So you're, you're kind of, open, but opening uh, the ability for a, a business to, to exist um, as a, as a non-singular thing. And so I'd like to maybe ask you then why, you know, isn't that sort of the, the idea of an app chain where you have a chain that is itself a self-contained business? And you know, why do you think the app chain thesis has failed? Well, I think it's, um, it, it conflicts too much with, uh, the, um, the, uh, you know, in what enables entrepreneurship is where you can, um, where the cost of failure, uh, it diminishes over time. Uh, and then that enables rapid iter uh, iteration of whatever it is that you're building. And the, the, the overhead um, of infrastructure is the complete antithesis antithesis it's the complete opposite um of being able to uh stay hyper focused um address a consumer facing problem and then iterate on that until you achieve product market fit and then focus on scaling and if you look what the app chain thesis requires is you need to um you need to and I will use I will facetiously use the word bribe where more accurately the word is incentivize. But I think I get the point across, um, you know, more eloquently. If I say bribe, you have to bribe validators to play nice. You have to bribe wallets. You have to bribe, um, uh, you have to bribe bridges. You have to bribe, uh, block explorers in order to play the app chain game. There's a whole cosmos mafia that you need to bribe in order to get into there. Now, obviously, it's not like a bunch of, you know, people in like slick hats and, you know, um, you know, in moonshine rigs. Um, you know, I say the word, uh, you know, mafia lovingly, um, but there's a massive amount of overhead that is uh, required in order to be an app chain. And it, it and in many cases, it's about who, you know, um, more and how much money that you can pay more than anything else. Whereas um, if you look at what makes every success a successful um, a startup is I don't, I can, you know, I, I don't need to manage my own servers. I can just get a grant on AWS and, you know, it's like, well, you can snap your fingers and AWS will give you a grant for, for 25 K. Um, it's like, you know, they're like these, they're, they're passing them out like tissues. Um, you, you know, you, um, you, you want, any basic infrastructure like logins, you know, I can just use Google uh, single, uh, you know, single sign-on. Uh, I can use Facebook sign-on if people still use that. I'm not sure if they do, but once upon a time, that was very popular. So what's, um, what's always attracted me to, to Cosmos is the, um, 
you know, is also very similar to just the the high level concept of um, of of gradual decentralization. Is that with Cosmos, as long as there are permissionless, um, well, uh, you know, well funded with liquidity and uh, well, you know, uh, bridge provided services like what you know Juno, I think, once was um, in its glory days. Um, then there's places within Cosmos where people can deploy code, can quickly iterate. They don't need to worry about how am I going to incentivize, you know, $5 million of liquidity to come over. Like Levana right now has two point, you know, we've been live for two months. We have $2.1 million of, of, uh, of TVL, of uh, total value locked. Um, we've done over $80 million of trading volume. Uh, if we had launched on our own chain, I think we would be at maybe, if we were lucky, one-tenth on both of those numbers. Because instead of focusing on providing a good product for an end user, we would have had to focus on, well, how are we going to bribe the bridgers? How are we going to provide the, bribe the liquidity providers? How are we going to bribe the wallet you know, operators to list us? Um, and that would have taken away from actually being able to provide uh, a, a quality product to a growing audience. But I mean, for, from from what I know of you, I've had a couple conversations, and what I what my sense is that who likes the sovereignty and you know do, doesn't want uh, let's say the government getting in your business and, and this sort of thing. Uh, don't don't you think that the the idea of sovereignty as an app chain makes sense from that perspective? Where when you're running your own app chain, well, you don't have to you know worry about uh, of uh, being at the whims of any technological changes, economic changes to an underlying security uh, provider. Uh, do, does that not, uh, does that aspect of the app chain thesis not resonate with you and maybe make sense for certain categories of applications? I mean, like my, my, my idea of like sort of app chains is that they exist on one end of the spectrum of the way that one can deploy applications. And just like, you know, not every company goes out and builds their own data center infrastructure. Not every application is 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 well suited to be an app chain. That's reserved for uh, certain types of applications. And I also think, I think that it is going to be increasingly hard to be to build application chains for the reasons you mentioned. Uh, but there may be a graduation path where you start as a smart contract, you go to being. Uh, as a, a settlement roll-up or maybe as a, a, a sovereign roll-up and then you eventually graduate to being an app chain and sort of give one example of an application that went from you know being a smart contract on Ethereum to uh, being built on Startware and now um, is, is building their own app chain and sort of goes through the paces of growth to get to the point where they have sufficient amount of money, power, influence users demand their own chain and sort of be in full control of their own destiny. Is that something that makes sense to you? I think like application chains just across the board don't no, make any sense. Absolutely. I know absolutely. The um it would make no sense for you know for WhatsApp to be run on AWS. It wouldn't make from a sovereignty perspective, from a security perspective, uh from a a cost savings perspective. It, it you know WhatsApp needs its own data center, you know. So and Facebook invested in building its own data center, uh, which I probably predates WhatsApp. But uh, 
but that that's the eventual growth. And I think that DYDX is a perfect example um, of the, I think also the beauty of, uh, of what, what we have in Cosmos, because I do believe that Cosmos is the most technically advanced um, blockchain solution. You know, especially if you want to build your own chain, I think that there's, you know, people at our heels that are, 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 you know, that, that our gap and advantage, technical advantage is much smaller than it was a year ago. Um, you know, with things like Eigenlayer, with a ZK EVM roll, you know, roll up with base, you know, basically spinning out their own, um, op, you know, op, uh, optimism chain with avalanche. What do they call them? Zones? Uh, I forget what the avalanche. Uh, subnets. That's it. Subnets. Yeah. yeah. The subnets. Um, Cosmos is zones. Yeah. Uh, Oh, they don't use zones. Ah, I thought they also called them zones. Um, you know, I probably just have been using zones because I've been too long in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and uh, and then even Polkadot uh, calls them substrates. Um, yeah, so, I believe. Is it substrates? Or no, parachain chains. So who's so substrate is the thing that's connected through a parachain, whatever. Substrate is the is the framework. Substrate is kind of like the Cosmos SDK, SDK equivalent in Polkadot. Exactly, exactly. So the um, what I love about the idea that you can start by being an application on an existing um, on an, an existing app chain um, in you know a, a predefined zone, and then uh, be able to take that same code and then spin up your own chain with either mess security or, um, you know, or other, various other uh, subsidized security uh, implementations, and then eventually just be completely self, self-sovereign. And all of that without having to rewrite your, software, rewrite your stack. What DYDX had to do is they first built on, um, they first built on Ethereum and Solidity, then they were built on uh, Stark X using Cairo, and then now they're they're being rebuilt um, on Cosmos, and I'm not sure what language that they're built on, um, but it, I'm sure it's not Cairo. So it's you I know, believe it's, it's Cosmosm. Is it? It's yeah. not. Uh, it's it's not built actually as a module. I don't know. I have mm, no idea. I think they're doing both. I think there's modules, and there's probably some amount of Cosmos. Yeah, that that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, Although I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so uh, yeah, it's all right. Uh, yeah, nobody's. Uh, yeah, uh, so the um, so I think that the the uh, just like how what I had mentioned earlier in the call is that that there's that there's like there's a healthy path to eventual uh, decent uh, decentralization. You know, because every project, even Bitcoin, starts with you know um, Satoshi and Hal being the two node operators. And then, you know, and then it becomes, you know, more open and more open until so Satoshi doesn't even exist anymore. And then, um, then there's the, uh, you know, then there's uh, this, this gradual, you know, where you, you have an application, it doesn't have a token, then you launch a token, the token is primarily owned by, you know, VCs and, uh, and team, and then, you know, lockups, distribution, farming, and then it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it becomes broader and broader until it's really owned by the community and, and the, the keys are really passed over. And then you have, you know, a, a, a decentralized um, governance so what Cosmos allows is decentralized self-sovereignty and infrastructure to be a part of that uh, evolution and narrative. And I think that that's what's most attractive. 
Cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk to Lavana a little bit. And I, I just realized as we were having this conversation that Lavana is not an app. It's deployed on Osmosis, I believe. Yep. Yep. We're de- deployed on Osmosis. Yeah. I think I knew that back in my head, but then like had a doubt. Um, yeah. W- why did you choose to deploy on Osmosis? And like, what's the process of deploying on Osmosis? I guess it must be like all of them. Yeah. Explain how that works. Um, well, first you, you have to talk to the Osmosis team um, and you have to get them to be excited about it because you have to bribe really, them. What's that? Do you have to bribe them? With, with stickers <laughs> and cookies, you know, um, and, you know, hu- yeah, hugs and hugs and kisses. No, no, no. They're, they're a pleasure to work with. Um, you know, you uh, it's uh, it needs to be synergistic and it needs to be very high quality. So, again, it's not, you know, if we were a scrappy startup, you know, that hadn't built, you know, multiple previous, um, you know, leverage trading products that we probably we would not have been relevant for us to be deployed on osmosis because the bar is very high. Um, and then um, the, uh, you know, then, then you have to write a Commonwealth proposal. And then on the Commonwealth proposal, you have to argue with a bunch of anonymous people online um, about a bunch of stuff. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, if that goes well, then you deploy on chain. Um, and we had about, I think it was about 60% said yes, 20% abstained and 20% said no. So, you know, we kind of just like slid through, you know, like by the, what's the phrase by the skin of your teeth by, I don't, I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't think your teeth have skin, so it's probably not it, but, um, but it was, it was less, uh, it was, you know, there were, there were definitely people that were not interested in having Lavana on the chain. Um, and we appreciated that. And, and then we were given, um, a key, like, a a whitelisted key that allowed us to be able to, uh, deploy contracts. And then, uh, you know, that key is, is owned by multi-sig holders. And then we've deployed since then, um, the initial contracts, I believe five or six markets and uh, some or some uh, like keeper bots and oracles and you know and, and we've been up and running now for almost two months. Cool. So, like, I, I see this on I saw this on Lavana like this 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 concept of real yield, and I know uh, Sommelier also uses this uh, this this kind of this nomenclature. What does that mean? What what is real yield versus non-real yield, or whatever other kind of yield people are getting? Um, there is a general concept in crypto that you can just print money out of thin air. That you know, there's there's this uh, there's a concept where, let's say that I print a million tokens. Let's say even let's 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 say I print a hundred million tokens, and then. You say, oh, that token looks nice. Can I buy one off of you? And I say, sure, I'll sell it to you for a dollar. So now, um, what? and I have, I have just sitting in a wallet, whatever 100 million minus one is. So 99 million, nine, there's a lot of nines in there. Um, so now my market cap is $100 million. Out of thin air, like my market cap went from zero to a hundred million dollars because there was a 
a value transfer of $1. And I could have even lent you that dollar to buy it off of me. So it's, um, there is, you know, there's, there's a lot of fuzzy math when it comes to valuations in crypto. And, um, and there's, there's ways that you can incentivize people now that you have bought my, one of one of my tokens for $1. Now I can go and anybody else who somebody wants to lend me a hundred thousand dollars, I can say, fine, I will give you a hundred percent APR on that. Now, how do I give them a hundred percent APR? I take a hundred thousand of these tokens that I minted that you bought for, you bought one of them for $1. And then I slowly trickle them out. And as long as I don't trickle them out too much, and as long as there's more hype demand for the token, um, then there is more, there's more, there's roughly the same buying pressure and selling pressure Then my um, hyperinflation um, can provide a yield which can incentivize people to provide liquidity and to uh, perform actions such as, uh, you know, trade or wash trade or, or, you know, any other type of action that I might want to incentivize. Now that is called not real yield, or that's just called yield. Um, and so what real yield is, is intending to articulate that what you are being paid is not, you're only being paid by capital that entered into the system. It's a closed loop and it's zero sum. So you can only be paid, if, you know, if, if you're being paid a dollar, that means that somebody else paid a dollar. Um, and if there's any protocol fees on top of that, you know, let's say that there's a 10% protocol fee. So then if you're being paid a dollar, that means that someone was charged a dollar 10. So Lavana, and I'll pull up the numbers today, um, is, you know, if we go on osmosis, so single-sided deposits of Atom are paying uh, 42.43% APR. Single and, and it's paid in Atom. And where does that money come from? It comes from traders that are paying fees to leverage trade. So Lavana is... Uh, the Lavana smart contracts are taking that um, capital that traders are paying and giving it directly to the liquidity providers. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin is 43.82%. Osmo is 29.4%. Ethereum is 22.89%. So we're seeing double digit real yields, which is by far the highest real yield that you can find, not just in Cosmos, but pretty much in any crypto space um, today. And, um, and so we're very proud to achieve that. We achieved it with lots of hard work in terms of optimization of math. And we achieved it um, probably by being generous, that we're taking the fees that people are, are, uh, are paying to use the product, and it's an excellent product. You know, the UI for Lavana is just really easy to use. Um, the APIs... Um, that allow you to plug into your existing trading systems, um, you know, are very robust and well-defined. And the securities of our well-funded model attract large traders that have been apprehensive to date to trade at these large volumes um, on competing apps within the Cosmos ecosystem. 
So, so let's let's dive into to this idea of, of perpetual. So, by by in, in all in all like I'm not a crypto trader. I'm a very uh, sort of conservative user of DeFi. I never had an FTX account. I've never used perpetuals. I do very little derivatives trading. Uh, you know, I borrow and lend, and like you know, do a little bit of that. But 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 very uh, very conservative user of DeFi. Uh, you know, what, what is perpetual and like, why is it unique to crypto? Like walk us through what a perpetual is and, and, uh, and, and how it's used by traders. Sure. So a perpetual is a type of contract, which unlike an option contract, doesn't have a predefined expiration date. That's in a nutshell, is that I want to have, um, I want to have usually leverage exposure, either long or short and, and Lavana provides um, 30x leverage long and short on all on all your favorite crypto assets and the um, essentially you're taking a leverage position and then you're paying an ongoing fee and there's a few different ways uh, in order to be able to generate the leverage it could be generated synthetically um, where the underlying assets are stable coins and you're essentially just like paper trading uh, almost like a bucket shop, um, you know, longs versus shorts, and there's some type of funding rate uh, to try and balance the longs and the shorts against each other, so that the um, that the exchange itself minimizes its its uh, risks around insolvency. And then there's also uh, notional backed uh, crypto markets. Uh, Lavana supports both. What's currently deployed on um, on Osmosis are the latter, which I'll explain in a second, which are crypto-backed assets. Um, and with crypto-backed assets, you actually are borrowing the tokens that are generating your leverage. So like, for example, if forget about, um, about uh, you know, any complex DAP. If you had one Bitcoin and you wanted um, 10x exposure, you could go and you could borrow another nine Bitcoin. Then Bitcoin goes on a run. It's now worth 100K. You pay back your loan. And then now you benefited from the run up that you had with those extra Bitcoin. Now, because you were borrowing, you're going to pay a continuous fee. But depending on the contract, it could be a perpetual loan, thus a perpetual contract, meaning you can borrow those extra nine Bitcoin for as long as you're willing to pay for them. And then the market will determine for utilization ratios, what is the, the reasonable rate to, um, to charge you. And that the contract is flexible. Um, and the reason why it's so crypto native is that it's perfectly um, designed for smart contracts. You know, I know, like, for example, in the Lavana methodology, which is called the well-funded um, perps, where you actually are borrowing those other nine Bitcoin and they're just, you know, in a smart contract that's attributed to your account. Um, all of the trustful actions of, you know, the, the current like Wall Street options market of, uh, of, you know, is it, do they actually have the underlying assets? You know, are they going to go insolvent? Like I could sell you um, a 
you know, a contract that gives you the rights to purchase a hundred Bitcoin at, you know, $50,000 a year from now. And I could sell that to you. This is done all the time in, uh, on wall street, but now you have to trust me that I actually have those hundred Bitcoin. Or if I don't have this hundred Bitcoin, I've got the cash in some type of an insurance fund that if you're right and your option, you know, closes in the money a year from now, and you want to exercise that option, then I'm not going to just go bankrupt and be like, sorry, man, I don't have the money to buy, you know, Bitcoin's at a hundred thousand. You've got the rights to buy a hundred of them. So that's a boatload of money. That's what's that $10 million. I don't have $10 million. I, you know, even though you paid for this option, a lot of money, I just can't redeem it. I'm just going to go bankrupt. So what we saw, you know, in, uh, in markets within trade, within CFI centralized, um, you know, crypto finance, uh, is that when there were the legs down, um, of the last year in this bear market, many of them went bankrupt because they were just, they didn't have the insurance to be able to cover insolvency. And, and then also we saw within DeFi, many um, leverage trading platforms just became insolvent because they were pegging everything um, to crypto assets while they collateralized them with, with uh, stable coins. You know, the stable coins either didn't keep their peg or just uh, the markets, the, the shorts won so much money that the liquidations of the longs couldn't pay for it. And so then we end up with these situations where you get a bank run. And because it's on chain, it's even worse because everybody can see when a crypto platform becomes insolvent. I'm sure you you follow Peck Shield or you follow some of these other accounts which are like, hey, you know, I don't want to name names because that's kind of mean. But hey, X, Y, and Z protocol, you better check your contract because it looks like all your, you know, half your funds were drained. Everybody can see it. So then whoever, everybody now rushes to pull all their capital out. And it just exacerbates the problem to the point where um, these these thing, these platforms just completely go insolvent. So Levana was designed to prevent that by taking a well-funded model that instead of having a global, you know, either off-chain or or you know uh, IOU insurance fund, the totality of the debt that could be owed to each position is actually locked in each position. And we give discounts to traders by adopting low take profits. So the total exposure on a per position basis is as low as possible. I want to come back to this well-funded model idea in, in a second. But first, I want to, I want to ask like a, a really good question about, a perpetu about perpetuals that sort of came to mind here and you know, you're probably going to tell me, well, this is stupid because like this obviously is preventing it. But um, if, if the perpetual, if the perpetual swap basically allows you to borrow an asset indefinitely in time, why wouldn't a user just say, okay, borrow five Bitcoin uh, at current price. And I'm just going to keep that Bitcoin perpetually until, you know, such time as like Bitcoin is worth you know, X amount, right. Until the next bull cycle. Uh, and just pay back the loan then, uh, why is that not possible? Like what, what prevents people from doing that or well, it's what a, makes that it is, uh, unviable? Because it just seems like that would be the thing to do. For sure. That's a great question. So it's about the fees. So first of all, there's a liquidation margin, meaning that if your 
uh, collateral to your loan drops below a certain point, um, then you'll be liquidated. It could drop below a certain point because of two things. Either the uh, the collateral, which is in this case a Bitcoin, um, uh, loses its value because the price of Bitcoin goes down, um, or the fees that you're paying, which are always chipping away at your collateral, will liquidate you. So that means you've got to just, con you know, you would just have to, if you could hold it, you know, um, uh, uh, imperturbity. Imperturbity. There's a lot of words that I know in English that I don't. Perpetuity. Yeah, perpetuity. I don't know how to say out loud, um, but uh, so the uh, so you could hold it forever. But if going back, you know, right now, Lavana is paying to liquidity providers who are providing that liquidity. They're paying, you know, forty three point eight two percent APR. Where does that come from? That's because there's there's people that are being charged that. So if you just sat on that position for three months, six months, you might end up losing half of your, you know, you'll lose a huge chunk of your principal. Um, and you might get liquidated because your principal didn't meet the minimum uh, liquidation threshold. So most perps positions are open for less than a week because of the fees. Okay. Interesting. So, so actually traders are, are, are not entering very long with perps they're entering very short positions so they're making uh perhaps like very concentrated leveraged trades on um inflection on very points in the market yep inflection points in the market okay thanks thanks for for offering that that bit of precision um uh, interesting so who who are the usual i mean are these just like you know dgens or are you targeting more specific or more uh, sophisticated uh, DeFi users or almost like institutions, like who's, who are you seeing using the platform? Well, it is, um, so there's, there's, there's definitely the DGen play. That's like YOLO 30 X leverage, Bitcoin, Adam long, or the guys that are like Osmo stinks. I hate that token. I'm going to short it, you know, to, to the, to the dirt. Um, and so they'll, 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 um, you know, they'll, they'll try and swing trade with leverage in order to be more capital efficient. Also, the nice thing with leverage is that um, your upside is like is based solely on your conviction and your downside is based on your capital allocation. So I could risk the risk reward ratio in per, in perpetual trading is much better than in spot trading, because, you know, where else it could it be that I deploy one hundred dollars. My total exposure of loss is $100, um, but I take this 30x leverage position that could earn me $5,000 in, in like a week or a month. So your upside is five grand. Your downside is you lose 100 bucks. So there's nothing else that can do that besides leverage. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it popular for the DJ. Our strategy is like sort of... Are are, there, are, there, are people like, um, implementing strategies where they're, I, I think the right term for this is delta neutral. Uh, they're implementing like a delta neutral strategy where they're longing and shorting and like with some degree of proportionality so that you know, they're, all, they're sort of hedging those positions either way so that they don't lose that initial collateral. 
like this is total like trading newbie here you know asking you some very basic questions probably that are, are a bit lame but yeah well you mix two concepts so i'll unpack them one is how do you protect uh how do you protect your collateral from just like getting wiped out so you do that with a stop loss so you so in Levana, um users are incentivized to create a take profit which is the position will automatically close once you reach a certain amount of profit and a stop loss, which is the position will automatically close once you've lost a certain amount of money. And so this way, um, Levana is actually a very low risk uh, or it's, uh, you know, there's always risks with leverage trading, but in terms of comparing it to many of the other leverage trading platforms, Levana is very um, vanilla, you know, low risk, you know, designed for your grandmother. Um, you know, she could say like, look, if I, I don't need to make that $5,000. I put in a hundred bucks. If I get a double close, if I lost $10 close. And so now you've got that asymmetric reward just kind of set and you can run that as many times as you want. And just, you know, there's a numbers game there that, you know, that people tend to be right, um, over time. And so if you can just, if you can make sure that you're, when you are wrong, there's a very small consequence, but when you're right, there's a big reward, then, you know, you don't need to be a degen. So I would call that, that's kind of like the, um, the mama bear, you know, if the papa bear is, um, you know, is just out there, you know, max leverage, max exposure, don't need no stop losses. Um, that's the papa bear. The mama bear is, is setting those boundaries so that she's only losing a little bit if she's wrong and she's gaining a lot if she's right. And then the baby bear is actually delta neutral, which is what you explained. Now, because there's something called a funding rate where, where some one side will be paid um, fees, a trader between traders, um, you know, it, the, whatever's the popular side, whether it's long or short, the popular side pays a fee to the not popular side. So they're actually paying a fee to two participants. They're paying a, paying a fee to the not popular side of the trade, and they're paying a fee to the liquidity providers who they're borrowing from. So I'll tell you what the numbers are right now so we don't have to, you know, philosophize. Um, so on Adam, longs are popular, shorts are not popular. Shorts are getting paid 76.2% APR to hold the short on Adam. I'll pull up uh, Bitcoin on Levana today. These are real numbers. If you are short on Levana, on Bitcoin, you get paid 71.82%. So if you think the market is going down, you could actually make a, a, you know, a nice bit of money. And then it's not like the fees, like I said before, um, where you, know, you're, you actually get paid to hold this type of a short position. Um, and then you know, just to finish it off, like let's talk about ETH. Wow, ETH's... Um, People are very bullish on Levana for um, ETH. Shorts are getting paid, get this, 273.79% to take a short on Levana. So if, so now you could either just take it blind as like, I want to take the short, or you could take it market neutral. So like, let's say, for example, that- So, so, so that means people on Levana think that, that Ethereum is going down. No, because the shorts are getting paid. So that means the shorts are the less popular side. Uh, uh, okay, right. Okay, so people are bullish. The shorts are getting paid. 
Okay. If yeah. the, the less popular side gets paid, the more popular side pays. You know, it's like taking, you know, it's like the, you know, the, you know, I, I was raised that the girl doesn't pay when you take her out to, to dinner, you know, that's a, cause I'm the less popular You're one. You're well raised, sir. You know, there's plenty of guys that have a, you know, that are, that, that don't have a big bushy beard and are not, you know, uh, you know, that there's plenty of guys that she could take out to dinner tonight. So, um, I'm the, you know, she's the less popular side. I'm the more popular side. I have to pay. Um, and uh, so the, um, so what, what people do uh, is you can get paid to go long Adam by buying liquid staked derivatives of Adam and you could pay 20% APR. So imagine that you bought a hundred dollars of liquid stake uh, of S. ST Adam, staked Adam. Now imagine that you took another 20 bucks and you brought it to Levana and you shorted Adam with 5X leverage. So now on Levana, your short has exposure of $100 worth of Adam. Now you bought the liquid stake derivative of 100 bucks of Adam. So you have 100 bucks long exposure and 100 bucks short exposure. So now you're market neutral. You're delta neutral and you're getting paid 20% for your hundred bucks, 20% APR for your hundred bucks long. And you're getting paid 70, whatever percent um, to, sh uh, to short. So you don't have exposure to the price of Adam, but you're getting paid a boatload of, of APR. And that, uh, that is called cash and carry or basis trading. And that I would say is about, a third of the active traders on Levana are performing strategies. Now, obviously, I'm kind of romanticizing it. You need to make sure you don't get liquidated. You need to make sure that the flip, that the uh, funding rate doesn't flip, and now you're actually paying a boatload instead of getting paid a boatload. Um, so, a lot of people write in TypeScript. We have we have uh, APIs for TypeScript, and we have a lot of sample code there. So, people, I, I've met guys that that have been making bank over the last two months on Levana and, um, and chat GPT wrote the whole trading thing for them. Like Incredible. they just, like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's amazing the world that we live in. Um, and, uh, you know, and we publish via API, like historical funding rates. So people can really, um, they, they can catch it if it moves past a certain threshold with a certain velocity, there's all kinds of things there. But I think like first, you know, for people to just play around with it, um, I've opened just manually. Um, I don't have time to, to build all that stuff. Um, but to just even manually, um, you know, try and do some basis trading or or try and catch a swing. You know, I put 10 bucks on an Osmos short, you know, and I've made a couple bucks off of it so far. Um, you know, when uh, when the market was very bullish, I'm still getting paid. Um, what are we paying on Osmo? 44% to go APR to go short on Osmo. Um, so there's a, you know, there's, there's a lot of different strategies. It's not only for DGENs. It's also for hedging. Like let's say you were staking um, into uh, Adam and you wanted to un to go into unbonding, um, which is like, I think a 14 day process. So for those 14 days, you might want to lock in a price. So you just short Adam. And so again, you've got this long, which is illiquid and it's stuck. So you, 
you partner it with a short that that's that's liquid and not stuck, and um, and you you take the edge off. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, these are really interesting sort of use case strategies, uh, especially this this un unbonding period one. Uh, so, what does it mean that Lavana is well funded? So it means that we don't use a centralized insurance pool. That we actually every position carries with it the exact size. In you know, you can. It's not really insurance, but for sake of of analogy, carries with it. Um, borrowed fees from liquidity, borrowed assets from liquidity providers, which represents the total exposure um, that the platform has to the maximum gains of, of, of their position. So it's almost like every position opens with its own micro insurance fund. So there never will be a bank run. It will never be that the insurance fund can only, you know, safely provide bailouts for 10% of the users and first come first serve. You know, you could come back to Lavana. Does this have to do with the fact that Lavana has LPs, like liquidity providers, whereas other perpetrated platforms don't? So a lot of uh, perpetrating platforms have um, have uh, like market makers, um, like, you know, DYDX has market makers and, you know, sort of, sort of a few others. So, yes, it is uh, we are it is possible for us to be well funded. Um, because we create a well-funded position for each trader using the liquidity provider's um, capital, and they're paid for that. And not only that, the LPs, you know, most traders are bad traders, um, and so the LPs actually get a bonus um, when traders lose as well. Okay, so so LPs come into these pools. I mean, this is like similar to an AMM, right, where... You yes, have, it's not a uh, it's not pools. a double sided AMM. With a double sided AMM, you get impermanent loss. So this is single sided staking. Yeah. So you you just deposit Bitcoin. Okay. You just deposit ETH. You just deposit Atom. Okay. So so I'm looking at the liquidity pool. So there's Atom USD, BTC USD, Osmo USD, Say USD, and uh, Axelar yeah, ETH. Uh, in in a regular yeah, if if I I was just depositing here on um, on any AMM. I'd say, okay, like these, uh, you know, very uncorrelated assets uh, are 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 subject to high uh, impermanent loss if there was a, a price swing. Um, so, but but here, for instance, I can see like for Atom USD, uh, liquid the LP supply for Atom is like three hundred and seventy eight thousand or three hundred eighty four thousand. And for um, U.S. or no, sorry, that's it's broken up into yeah, bonded you... uh, liquidity pools and not bonded liquidity pools. Bonded right. Liquidity okay. Pools... So, so what, how, how does it work that then that that those, those pools are not um, are, are not uh, equal, right? In in Adam and USD. Uh, oh, because it's just single side. It's the the what we but the the, the terminology of Adam over USD is that it's Adam priced according to USD, meaning that traders uh, are essentially making a bet that the price will go up and down according to the USD value, as opposed to we could launch markets of Adam ETH, Adam Bitcoin, Adam whatever. But the underlying asset that's in the liquidity pools is only Adam. It's a single, right. it's a single asset liquidity pool, which makes it much more capital efficient. 
about it. And so the perspective, when, I mean, there's like two ways you can use Levana, at least I see like one is you could be trading, you could be making longs and shorts. Um, and the other way is that you can be providing liquidity into these pools. And so this is uh, a much uh, more conservative way to be leveraging Levana to, to make money is you just like put them in these pools and you're making say 42% if it's bonded or uh, 30% if it, if it's unbonded. Um, is that, does that make sense? Exactly. Exactly. If you have a lower risk profile, the, um, the single sided staking probably makes more sense for you. If you have a higher risk profile and you have some sense as to which way the market is going, then the, um, you know, then, then leverage trading is, is probably for you. And if you're a more sophisticated trader, you know, and you've got some, you know, little AI buddy or, or, you know, some other, um, you know, triggers, um, then the basis trading, which is also Delta neutral, that's probably the most lucrative way to use the platform, but it's more complicated. We do intend to build out, uh, vaults that, uh, that will just do a lot of this, uh, these fancy, you know, footwork for you. You could also, couldn't you all, I mean, you, one, one strategy could also be to deposit Adam, bond it, uh, benefit from that 40% um, APR on the Atom and then take a short position on Atom in yep. case, uh, so, so protect you if the price goes down. Yep, absolutely. And that's what a lot of people are doing that are using the platform is, is that, or what you can also do is um, you could, um, you could go to a money market, deposit USDC, borrow Atom, deposit it, you know, and you might pay three, four percent or whatever it is for that. Um, and then um, you know, I don't know actually what the going rate is to borrow Atom. So I just made that number up. Um, but whatever it is, let's say that you let's say it was 20 percent to borrow Atom. So you borrowed Atom um, from your USDC and then you went deposited into Levana and then got 40 percent. Um, so you're making 20% profit and you have no price exposure to the price of Adam. Yeah. I mean, you could get liquidated on that money market if the price of Adam drops significantly. For, for sure. I mean, You've that's got to manage. Kind of that's the devil. That's always the devil's in the details. You got to, you have to manage against your liquidity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm learning a lot here about like, trading <laughs> makes you want to go to some of this stuff um right, a with a little bit more intense. it is worth yeah. noting um we do block americans uh you know leverage trading is not permissible in america so um you if you're american you should move to a different country um and uh <laughs> that that's uh, france is lovely portugal is amazing you know highly recommend yeah, I mean, the flip side of that is the tax, right? I mean, at least in France. <laughs> yes, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you shouldn't, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah the, the tax is pretty high. But, but Portugal is a great wine. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Portugal is great. I mean, the wine's not as good, but. I'm sure you can get French wine in. Uh, you yeah, can. In, yes, in you Portugal. can, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some other things I saw on your docs that what what is this uh insolvency protection so so it's it, the insolvency protection is what you is what you describe right whereas because it's well funded everything is um protected against insolvency so that the platform as a whole is able to pay out um when there are like, huge, positions 
Now the downside to that is that if is that uh, you know if a million people that there's only a certain number of positions that we can take on at any time, because you know we it, the trying to open a position will fail if the if the position can't be well funded. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like I've I've seen this also on other perps. Perp, what's what's this concept of a mask price? Uh, was to, what? I'm just asking like random questions here about perpetuals. So, so yeah, the, there's this idea of a mask price. A mask price? Yeah. Mask price. We don't use that terminology. Um, I saw the paper. There's prediction. Or mark price. Maybe. Yeah, mark sorry, price. it's a mark price. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a mark price is when you have um, when you have an internal price to the market. It's a market price. You know, it's short, you know. So it could be um, that in the real world, let's say Adam is trading at you know six dollars, six and a half dollars, but um, you know, on this particular exchange, you know, it's trading you know, 10% higher or lower. Um, so with, with leverage trading, uh, many platforms have a mark price where the, um, where the longs and the shorts will pull the mark price into one direction or the other. And then that's the price that, um, that you are, that, that it's possible to, um, uh, to, to enter a new position. Now, the problem with that is that Imagine, um, you know, imagine a whale opens a long position that brings the mark price up 40%. And then um, the, you know, and then a bunch of other people fast follow. And then that whale closes their position. It's going to snap the mark price, you know, down by 10, 15%, which could liquidate the, all the new positions that came in after afterwards. Now, when they get liquidated, that continues to push the mark price down. So what you end up with is something called cascading liquidations. And many perpetual platforms have suffered from cascading liquidations. Levana was built to prevent cascading liquidations by removing the mark price and um, and and only having a uh, an index price, which is the real price powered by oracles and we use multiple different oracles um, and uh, you know, to prevent like a, you know, certain exchange or DEX uh, manipulation. And we have um, uh, and, and then we have something called a, it's, a, it's an artificial slippage or like a, a Delta neutrality fee, you know, to prevent whale manipulation uh, to, to, you know, to try and uh, eat up open interest or change funding rates in, in one direction or another. But that's, it's, that might be outside of the, the scope of complexity for, you know, what we want to cover in this call. Okay, got it. So, I mean, look, taking a step back here a little bit, I mean, you guys just launched recently. There's been, I think, like quite a bit of interest for this platform. I've heard like lots of people tell me about it. And, like I, I asked it's on Twitter who should come on the growing, show. And... Yeah, fastest growing Cosmos uh, product probably in the last year and a half. So what, what's the future here? Like, what are you guys working on, um, you know, post-launch that, you know, is super innovative that people might want to use? Uh, so we actually just posted a, um, a roadmap. 
um, that uh, which I'll talk a little bit about here. So we're going to add support for liquid stake derivatives. So you'll be able to leverage trade your staked ETH, your staked Atom. Um, this way, you know, you're not competing. You're not having to give up um, those like risk-free rates or those low risk rates uh, while you're trading with your assets or you're LPing with your assets. Um, we're going to add support for MetaMask initially through Injective and then through MetaMask Snaps on Osmosis. Um, we are going to add um, synthetic markets where you'll be able to open and close positions with stable coins right now, uh, which is important for being able to cross margin, which is um, very important for uh, um, for capital efficiency. Right now, you know, if you want to if you want to take a long position on Bitcoin, you need to deposit Bitcoin. If you want to take a long position on ETH, you need to deposit ETH. So your deposit on ETH can't be used to you know, pay debt or to adjust your position on Bitcoin. So if, you know, if we're opening and closing markets with just stable coins, so then it allows for cross margin and allows for um, synthetic assets. So that'll be on the road. Um, that's on our roadmap. Um, better PL planning for traders. So when you set a take profit, when you set a stop loss, you're going to be able to see exactly, you know, oh, I, um, you know, I now have uh this, um, you know, if it if it, the market goes against me, I'm going to lose, you know, $7. If the market goes in my favor, I'm going to gain $300. So you'll be able to see that before you click, you know, to, to, to open an order. Um, we've got, uh, we're, we're going to incorporate better bridging of Ethereum assets because we are a Cosmos app, but most of the fun is happening on us, is on, uh, on Ethereum. So we'll be, you know, just uh, integrating better with Ethereum. Um we, uh, you know, we're integrating more wallets. We just added support for OKX wallet, um, you know, a Fin wallet. Uh, I mentioned MetaMask before. We'll have notifications. Um, so you'll be able to get a notification on Telegram or Discord or email if a, a limit order or a take profit or a stop loss was hit. Um, you'll also be able to follow trade your favorite traders, you know, through a leaderboard and subscribe to them. Like, oh, this guy that's just made like $4,000 trading last month, he just opened a new position. So you'll get a notification off of that. Um, we've got, um, uh, we've got gas fee simplification. You know, a lot of people that come from Ethereum, they don't have, you know, all these, you know, uh, osmosis zone gas tokens. So, you know, we want we want to be able to just you know hide any of the fees. You want to pay fees in ETH? Fine, we'll let you pay fees in ETH. So that that's going to be coming hopefully next week. That'll be live, um, and then you know a bunch of other stuff. But but those are some of the main things. Those are the tasks that are currently ticketed and engineers are working on. Someone asked uh, on Twitter, uh, when can we leverage any asset? Ah, yes. Yeah. So Levana is an acronym for leverage any asset. And the goal of Levana is to um, to not be is to be completely permissionless, is to make it just like on Uniswap, anybody can make a new market. So Levana's goal is to make it that anybody can make a new leverage market. Now, there's uh, a lot of tweaking that goes into launching each new market on Levana. And we're still learning about the safety precautions and, you know, making sure that things work the way that they should. So I think it's probably going to take us somewhere between one to two years where it can just be completely permissionless and anybody can just make any kind of new, 
you know, altcoin or whatever, you know, leverage market for it. But that's ultimately the goal. Is there a Levana token or like some sort of there's, a... There's not currently a token. Um, we are going to do a backdated airdrop. Um, so we we had a GameFi on Terra um, with, a, with a very popular NFT collection. So uh, those, you know, users of previous Levana products, they will be entitled to an airdrop. And then um, the traders that are trading with our current product will also be entitled to an airdrop. So we haven't um, given out the, we haven't published the details of, um, you know, what the rewards are for current traders, but it's uh, fairly common, you know, that uh, you want to incentivize traders to come on and trade, and then they'll be getting an airdrop, um, you know, based on their trading volume. Cool. Um, yeah. Any final, final thoughts or uh, thing, places you want to port people to well, other than, yeah, go check yeah, it out. Just- you know, when you see red candle days like what we see today, don't be sad. Just be sad you weren't shorting. So then come short on on Levana Perps. It's uh, the website is trade.levana.finance. Cool. Well, Jonathan, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you really uh, taught me a lot today about uh, about perpetuals. I hope other people learn things too. Uh, if there's any other new like me, um, and yeah. Glad, glad you could come on uh, and dig deep here. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it.